It's time for our Trees Are Key podcast, brought to you by Texas A&M Forest Service. I'm Paul Johnson. Welcome to episode 308. Last week, we explored why branch attachment is key. And this week, we're going to discuss why succession is key. This topic has been top of mind for me in many ways in this last year. We deal with succession in leadership in our organizations. We also deal with succession in our forests and landscapes. Every natural or unnatural disaster can reset succession, and the landscape starts marching through the steps of moving back to its climax state. Let's define succession. From Merriam-Webster, quote, 1a, the order in which or the conditions under which one person after another succeeds to a property, dignity, title, or throne. 1b, the right of a person or line to succeed. 1c, the line having such a right. 2a, the act or process of following in order, sequence. 2b1, the act or process of one person's taking the place of another in the enjoyment of or liability for rights or duties or both. 2b2, the act or process of a person's becoming beneficially entitled to a property or property interest of a deceased person. 2c, the continuance of corporate personality. 2d, unidirectional change in the composition of an ecosystem as the available competing organisms, and especially the plants, respond to and modify the environment. 3a, a number of persons or things that follow each other in a sequence. 3b, a group, type, or series that succeeds or displaces another. End quote. For us in this topic, we'll focus on definitions 1, 2, and sort of 3. Many organizations have a succession plan for their leadership, at least for the board leadership. That's why ISA has a president-elect and a president. The president-elect is voted on by the board and has a year to observe and help the president so they are better prepared for their year in the top leadership position. Many orgs have an official or unofficial succession line where you serve on the board, then move to vice president before being elected president-elect and finally serving as president. Some even have an additional step where you serve an additional year as past president to act as an advisor. This is standard and common, but does your organization have a succession plan? Even though they have a board, most organizations also have an executive director or CEO that runs the day-to-day -day operations. Do you have a succession plan for the chief executive? Who takes over if the CEO is unable to perform their duties? Accidents and illnesses happen, and you need to have a plan before tragedy strikes. Do you have a plan on how to fill those duties short-term and long-term? This is when a written plan is key. Bills have to be paid. Payroll needs to be met. Who has the authority to sign checks? The day-to-day -day operations don't stop. What's the first thing you do when something bad happens? Run through the scenarios with your team. Episode 209 scenarios are key. And determine what works and what needs to be clarified. As a leader, you could run a mock disaster and take an unscheduled vacation. Contact your second-in-command or the board of directors and tell them to activate the emergency succession plan because you're leaving for two weeks and won't be reachable. 
Of course, you can stay in contact and should observe the process to figure out what works and what doesn't. What's the quote? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mike Tyson? Test your emergency succession plan. It's better to find the weakness in the plan during a lower stress test than during a real emergency. Does your organization have an established search committee, process, or plan if your top leadership is lost? We have a local nonprofit that dealt with this specific issue in recent years. This is a high stress situation, and a written plan with trained and prepared personnel will make it so much easier to navigate. In forestry, urban and conventional, we also deal with succession of the environment. This last month has been fascinating because we've seen a potential reset of some landscapes, at least parts of them, due to cold temperatures that we hadn't seen in decades. There are plants common in the South that have naturally and unnaturally, wait, is human movement unnatural? A topic to ponder. They've moved north as temperatures have moderated. Where's the current northern boundary of species like Mexican olive, Ritama, and Anaqua? In recent years, we've been dealing with generally warmer and drier conditions and have adjusted our plant palettes to trees and plants that originate south and west of us. Unfortunately, they often aren't as cold hardy, and we may be replacing many of them after this winter. Wind events and wildfires are also common events that can reset the succession of our forests. Many landscapes have a natural succession from land-clearing events which transition from the early invaders that modify the environment, which eventually are shaded out by larger, often slower-growing species, and finally reach the climax or ultimate stable plant community that will stay in place until there is another event that resets the succession. Many of the management choices we make affect this natural succession. In traditional forestry, a harvest may be the event that resets succession. Then we make choices that control the natural weedy invaders so we can plant and grow the specific species we want for production. Then the process restarts with another harvest. This is why trees are a renewable resource. In the South, we're growing more new woody biomass each year than we harvest and use. A huge step towards true sustainability. How do you consider succession in our urban landscapes? I'm not sure many of us think about it this way, but this is, at least in part, why we have ordinances and rules about which trees can be removed, how many can be removed, and what we plant to replace the trees that were removed during the development process. We also have preferred plant lists to encourage plants that will thrive in the local environment and contribute the most benefits. We could improve by thinking about succession in our landscapes. Don't plant sun-loving, shade-intolerant trees in the shade of native trees. Pines don't typically thrive in the shade of oaks. Also, plan and prepare for your landscape to change over time. As they say, the only constant is change. Your lawn, for example, should change as the tree planted in the middle of it gets bigger. Most lawn grasses don't thrive in heavy shade. Don't thin and hurt your trees to get more sunlight for the grass to grow. Extend the mulched or landscape areas around the tree and reduce the amount of turf that you have to care for.
have a really tough, windy site? Plant those fast-growing, weedy species to modify the environment, like Mother Nature does, and plan to plant the longer-lived, more desirable species once you have a more hospitable environment. Don't be reticent or afraid to remove a tree that needs to be removed. They really are a renewable resource. Speaking of succession, in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, I have a bit of news. I'm leaving TFS to join SFI, the Sustainable Forestry Initiative, to start their urban forestry program. It has been my pleasure and honor to work with TFS for the past 16 years, and this podcast has been one of my best experiences. As of this recording, I don't have an official announcement of who will be succeeding me, but there is a succession plan, and I expect by the time this is posted that the program will have a new leader that will take it to the next step. TFS wants to finish Season 6. There will be four more episodes, and TFS is planning on maintaining all 312 episodes of Trees Are Key as a resource. They will still be available on our website, tfsweb.tamu.edu, and through your podcast app. I'm sure I'll say it again next week and the week after that, but thank you. This started as just a crazy idea a decade ago, and you've made it a success that has grown beyond our expectations. I may be leaving the Forest Service, but I'm not leaving the industry or the state of Texas. Look for me and ask me about the future of trees, forests, arboriculture, and urban forestry. Thank you. It's time for our Tree of the Week Species Spotlight. This week's tree comes from our Trees of Texas website, texastreeid.tamu.edu. Red Buckeye. Aeschylus pavia variety pavia is a deciduous Texas native. This woodland shrub or small tree grows to about 20 feet tall and a diameter up to 12 inches with thick ascending branches and a rounded crown. Red buckeye is found in east and central Texas to the edge of the Edwards Plateau, mostly on rich soils and along streams. Their leaves are opposite and compound. The five, rarely seven, smooth, glossy, dark green leaflets are arranged palmately and measure three to six inches long with coarsely serrated edges. Leaves turn yellowish-brown and drop in late summer or early fall. A cluster of narrow, tubular, inch-long red flowers appears at the end of a stalk four to eight inches long in April or May after the leaves. We've already seen red buckeye in bloom this year. Flowers are followed by a capsule, generally round, one to two inches in diameter, pale brown and smooth, splitting into two or three sections and exposing one to three brown, shiny seeds, each about one inch wide. Red buckeye bark is tight and smooth on young trees, brown to gray, developing thin scales on older trunks that flake off. The powdered bark was once used for toothaches and ulcers, the crushed fruit as a fish poison. Their wood is light, soft and weak, and decays rapidly when exposed. It's been used for woodenware, artificial limbs, paper pulp, lumber, and fuel. Similar species include Ohio buckeye, Aeschylus glabra, which has yellowish flowers and may be found in northeast Texas. Yellow woolly buckeye, Aeschylus pavia variety flavescens, is found on the Edwards Plateau. Texas buckeye, Aeschylus glabra variety arguda, has 7 to 11 leaflets and occurs in central Texas. Be sure to visit our Texas Tree Selector website to find trees which are appropriate for your planting location at texastreeplanting.tamu.edu. Upcoming tree events. Unfortunately, most in-person events are still on hold at this point. We at Texas A&M Forest Service are still on the job. We're doing our best to keep it business as usual. 
let us know what we can do to help. Need CEUs? Keep your eyes open for the various webinars from the likes of Tree Fund to keep current and be ready when it's time to renew your credentials. We'll let you know when in-person events come back online. Pun intended. Quick update. You can now find Trees Are Key on Spotify. There were two really big topics in 2020. Public health slash the pandemic and social equity. We've talked quite a bit about healthy trees, healthy lives. But let's look at equity when it comes to trees and urban forests. That's next week on Keys to Equity. Thanks for listening. Our agency website is tfsweb.tamu.edu. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Treevangelist and on Facebook.com slash TreesAreKey. Please take a moment and share us with your family and friends and rate and review us on iTunes. It'll help others find us. Until next week on Trees Are Key.